So let's say you won the lottery. Money's no issue. You can go on a trip anywhere you want. You take your family. It's your dream vacation. Highly unlikely, but what if? It's fun to imagine. So now that it's the new year, why don't we uh, spend a little time imagining what we could have been doing this year had we just suddenly come into a bunch of money? So where, Evan, would you like to go if money was no issue? I guess a lot of places all over the world if I had unlimited time and money. Like those YouTubers that just go to random islands, just get rent clicks. Uh, but I wouldn't actually go to every place in the world. Most of my destinations would be in Europe, I'd say. Italy, Spain, Portugal, maybe a little France. Other than that, I don't, I don't really have much of a desire to go to other countries. Maybe a few Latin American countries here and there. So Latin America, Europe, would you venture out into Asia any? Maybe Israel, that's it. Okay, Asia Minor, I guess, yeah. You know, some people will say that the Middle East is Asia. I don't consider it that. It, it is technically Asia. Tomato, tomato, you know, it's all arbitrary lines. We all came from Africa. There's no such thing as borders, you know. So, well, why? Why specifically those places? Those are just, the have the most interesting, what, architecture, the culture, the food? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to Latin America before, and I really enjoyed it. I went to a very poor part, too. I'm not going to disclose the country, but I had a great time in a very poor part of a poor country. I wouldn't go to that specific country now for uh, various reasons. They're, they're not in a good situation right now. Yeah. But I have always been attracted to Latin America, at least like not Mexico, like South of Mexico. I also have some background from Central America. Oh, yeah, so you might be able to reconnect with your roots a little bit. Maybe, but I, I feel a connection to them. And Europe, I mean, it's just cool. Like all these countries that are basically big amusement parks now. They don't actually live that lifestyle anymore, but they have all these relics of a good time past. If it weren't for those relics, if they if all their relics uh, got destroyed, like their their countries would be nothing, really. Yeah, it would just be like anywhere else. And is that sort of sort of cool because not only do you get to go to a different place when you travel there, but it's almost like going back in time in some ways, which is an an added benefit. And there is so much older culture and and so much history not in america you know america is a relatively new nation obviously and unless you're talking about maybe going to see machu picchu or something if we're talking the americas and seeing more native structures and experiencing more native culture other than that you can't really get the same age as you can in europe and asia you can go back way way back if you go across the pond and that's a big draw because you just you just can't get that here. Yeah, for sure. Well, if something's over 100 years old, it's considered ancient in America, which is the sad reality of the country we live in. Also that we just destroy old stuff to build new stuff. Yeah, it's all disposable. And I, I do regret that. And it's something that is just part of our culture for better, or for worse, mostly for worse. But what's really great about Europe is that you can go and see so many different periods You know, it's easy to talk about the Renaissance or medieval period or even talking about the Enlightenment, but you can actually go back and go to different structures that are still standing and areas that were densely populated in these different eras of history and and see, if not the real deal, you can still see replicas of how things were set up back then. That's so fascinating. And Europe's just so small compared to us, too. I mean, it's it's so easy to travel whole countries and between countries. And the countries are quite different in such a small area. 
that you get all these different tastes all in a short period of time. You can reasonably travel over a few countries every week. Oh, for sure. Depending on the country. We're not talking about Russia or anything, but you know, like you can go across like southern France and go into Spain, you know, and go the other way to go into Italy. It's and it's all there and they're so different. And even in the countries there's so much difference. Northern Italy to southern Italy. There's really no comparison. They're barely they're barely even the same country culturally. So it's there's so much variety and it's just so rich, architecturally, religiously rich. It's all there. And by going over there, you could see so much of what inspired uh, the early culture in America. You, you can see where these immigrants who created this country came from and how they brought some of the, the cultural influences from their home countries in Europe, brought them over to here. Uh, but you can also see some of the ones they left behind or that got lost in translation, lost in the melting pot, quote unquote. You know, it's one thing to be uh, from New York. It's another thing to be Italian. You know what I'm saying? There are those influences there. But one is the real deal. And it's uh, it's something that I would definitely be interested in, in going to, to see. Europe is a big contender there. You know, I hate to lump it up altogether. I guess if I really thought about it, I could get more specific on which countries I would go to. But somewhere in Europe would be definitely top on my list. So what is top of your list? If I had to pick, let's say, let's say I was going to Europe and I decided I wanted to go to a specific country, I'd probably have to go to Germany because that is where a significant amount of my family hails from. Not very many generations back, you know, I wouldn't have to go very far. What part? Oh, let's see. I would go to wherever there is good beer. We'll go to Bavaria. I, I definitely would, would stop over in there. And just even just to see the, the scenery would be beautiful. So picturesque in so many different parts of Europe, but but Germany especially in like the the hilly areas of Bavaria. Um, but of course, I'd stop in the in the city centers and things just just to see how it is. So Germany would probably be top five. Yeah, Italy, France, Spain, of course, those would be other ones I would enjoy going to. But here's one you probably didn't expect. I would also like to see Antarctica. Now think about it for a second. That is as close to an alien world as we can get on Earth. It's completely inhospitable. It's just a frozen tundra as far as you can see. And you'd have to live in basically a man-made you know, igloo thing, some sort of facility. But going out there and just venturing out into just a barren wasteland, it would be so cool. Not for very long, but spend a, a week and just see how people live because there are researchers who, who live on the continent and who do whatever researchers do over there, take core samples, examine the weather. I don't know what they do, but it would be actually very cool to see, I think. And even just the ocean voyage to get there would be very cool. No? You're not feeling that? I guess it's unique. You'd have a good story to tell afterward. I just don't know what you would do there. I would just want to see how the people who are stationed there, how they keep themselves occupied. It'd be kind of cool just to see. I can almost guarantee that uh, nobody listening, certainly not either of us, have ever experienced any extreme weather conditions like that or extreme environments like that. Even the coldest of the coldest days in North Dakota or in Canada somewhere are not going to be anything like that. Uh, and then actually, another place that would be really cool is Russia. A little bit controversial these days and uh, probably not the easiest place to go and visit currently. But it would still be very cool to see Red Square, to see some of the old just Soviet stuff uh but not australia australia can get out of town and take a bus 
Seriously. I'm not about the snakes. I'm not about the tarantulas. I don't see the point either. It's just so far away. For some, for a few liberal cities and then like some redneck equivalents like out in the outskirts fighting snakes and spiders that'll kill them. And I don't know. It's beautiful from afar. Over there is just nothing but like, like British hillbillies, really. So you wouldn't go to Asia or Africa or South America? Or... I, I wouldn't mind going to see Northern Africa for sure, especially Egypt. Well, that's true. Egypt would be fun, Egypt especially be fun. Um, Alexandria and Cairo. The pyramids. I mean, I know it's cliche, kind of basic, but they're just so cool. And they're so gigantic, you know, and it's so flat. It's just a flat desert. And then all of a sudden, bam, pyramids. You know, who really built them? How did they build them? Is the Sphinx really older than the pyramids? Hmm. Ancient alien conspiracy theorists may have something to say about that. But it'd be a really cool man-made wonder to go see an ancient wonder of the world. I don't have much interest in going anywhere in Asia. Even have, the Great Wall doesn't appeal to me too much. I have no desire to see Asia, excluding Israel. Stop Asian hate. I don't know. I just never cared about it. And my wife feels the same way. So we'll just not go there. Stop Asian hate. I don't care, but I think India is so overrated. I think China, like, why would you go there? Korea is just like America wannabe. Japan is just weird. I don't, I don't know. Stop Asian hate. Japan and Korea are weird. And I'm not into the anime thing, and I don't understand Western fixation with Japanese culture. I, I don't get that. But I wouldn't mind seeing Tokyo. That would be cool. I mean, just to see if you're talking about what are some gigantic cities you could go see. If I'm talking about a gigantic city in Asia, I'm probably going to say, let's go to Tokyo. I'd rather not go to Bangkok. I'd rather not go to Beijing or N New Delhi. I'd rather just go to Tokyo. Just go ahead, one one and done, and then I'm out, and then no more Asian trips. But Tokyo would be cool. You know, it's like New York City on steroids. And it's a safe place. Extremely. Are there any specific adventures you want to go on? Uh, I wouldn't mind, like I said, like extreme environments kind of uh, draw me in. So going to into the frozen tundra or into the desert would be cool. That would be the one draw that Australia has, is that the inside, the middle of it, that's another extreme place that humans cannot survive for very long. The indigenous people have somehow figured out how to do that, which is fascinating to me. But just the wastelands out there or even in the Sahara would be kind of cool. So you just like suffering? No, not suffering, but just seeing the type of climate that exists all around the world is cool to me. The, the extremes, that those two extremes can exist on Earth is just so mind-blowing. You know, freezing, freezing cold, ice everywhere, and then nothing but sand and boiling heat. Very cool. Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. Uh, so those adventures would be would be. You, you don't have any desire to be like Gary Johnson, climb Everest or something. No, that's basic. Climbing Everest is so basic. And everyone's done it, and they've littered that entire mountain with trash and dead bodies. And I just have no desire to do that. Everyone's done it, you know? I mean, not just that. I mean, there were other big mountains like there's the uh, the seven summits. Yes. Which is the one on each continent. That's the tallest. You have to climb it. There's one in Antarctica, if you're interested. Mm, that might be a little bit too much there. Yeah, you, know? you have to go inland quite a bit to find it. Now, talk to me about K2. That's a much harder climb, and fewer people have climbed it. Technically speaking, Everest is not a hard climb. It is just so high up. Um, but there are other mountains which are much more difficult to climb because it requires more technical skill. But I have no desire to do that. From time to time, I climb indoors on plastic walls, and that's fine with me. But climbing real 
life, mountains, especially the really big ones, no thanks. That's not an adventure I'd really prefer to take on. Well, me personally, I do have one, at least one adventure I would like to take. Um, Besides visiting those countries and all that, I don't really care about climbing the mountains either. But I want to go on the Camino de Santiago. Tell us about it. The Camino is it's a number of trails that all lead to Santiago de Compostela, which is in northwestern Spain. It's near the corner, near the ocean, where supposedly the relics of St. James the Apostle are. The St. James? St. James the Greater. The one and only. Well, there are two St. James the Apostles. <laughs> There's the greater and the lesser. Well, which just means the older one. Oh, he was but we really, we know, we know. It's okay, you know. One of them may not have been as good as the other. That's fine. It's not wrong to admit your faults. There's a whole history behind that that, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not him, but it's a little bit sketchy as to how they actually got his body to northwestern Spain. Was he actually a specter in a battle to defeat the Moors? In the 800s or something. I don't know. Did he actually come back to to help them win against the Moors? Like that scene in Return of the King where the ghosts come off the ship and they help fight the battle? Yeah, for real, except it's just him. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, come on. He's like, he's an army of one. St. James the Great, right? Yeah. Well, he led it. He led the charge. There's a lot of paintings that have it. They called him St. James Matamoros, which is Moor Killer, the Moor Slayer. I like that. It's an awesome name, cool legend that is a very cool so i'm gonna pretend that it's true either way it's been a pilgrimage site for over a thousand years to walk from various spots the original was from oviedo in the astorias region that's that was like the last holdout of spain against the moors the last christian kingdom for a while until they started expanding again uh one of the kings he made a, a pilgrimage to whenever they they supposedly found out that santiago or saint james his relics were there they built a church over it, and he did a pilgrimage there, and it was a big deal. It was basically the beginning of the Reconquista. Today, that's called the Camino Primitivo, or the original way. And that's that's uh, a little over 200 miles, I believe, walking. But the most famous Camino is the Camino Frances, which is the French way. You start in the very southern part of Spain, right over the Pyrenees Mountains, and you make your way through a lot of big cities in Spain, like... Um, you go through Pamplona, and as we mentioned in our previous episode with medieval movies, you go through Burgos, Leon, all these all these big cities, and that's a lot more miles. It takes about five weeks to do it. The Primitivo takes about two weeks. It's something I really want to do, probably the Primitivo, because it's it has the history, and it's only two weeks of walking. But it takes you through really rural parts of Spain, so it's not as much like of a tourist attraction, going through all these big towns that everyone knows about. But it still would, uh, it's something I think would, I would benefit a lot from. A lot of people have been positively impacted by it, including, I don't know if you know, if you've heard of Paulo Coelho. I have not. Paulo Coelho wrote a book called The Pilgrimage, kind of made it a little more popular. And before COVID, 300,000 people or so were doing this a year. Since That's COVID, a lot. Since COVID, it's barely gone over 100,000 again. So it's something I want to do in my life, either with my wife or some of my kids later on when they're older. Yeah, and actually get something out of it and remember it and enjoy it. Yep. I also want to do a kind of a, a trip through Italy. In southern Spain, you got like Padre Pio sites. And in southern southern Italy, you have like Pietrocina and um, where his monastery was in southeastern Italy. Just a lot of pilgrimage sites you can do in A lot Italy of great well. sites all along the same route. Yes. 
That sounds like it would be pretty fun. I would do something like that. I probably wouldn't get as much out of it as you, but I would enjoy the history part of it for sure. You would like Camino. I think I would. And I'm not against walking a lot. So, you know, I'm not overweight. I'm not uh, out of shape. So that's something I could definitely handle. And it sounds like a rip-roaring good time. It really does. Now, what's the terrain like on that? Well, Primitivo's to the mountains. It's considered the hardest one per day. I so can, it's I can like handle you're it. you're going through really mountainous areas, ups and downs. And Camino Frances, it's the basic white girl one. Bring your Starbucks I mean, cup. Really, uh, Hillary Clinton's daughter Chelsea went on it a while back. Oh well, if she can do it, come on, anybody can. A lot of famous people have done it. So it's like if you're going to go on the Camino and you're kind of like a basic white girl, you're going to go on the Frances. That's the one everyone knows. And there's other ways. Like you can go through, there's Camino del Norte, which is like along the coastline of northern Spain. And there's ones from Portugal, from other parts of Spain. They're, they're all over the place. So you can choose anyone you want. 